The following podcast is part of the MindBodySpirit.fm podcast network. Are you looking for a new and empowering lens through which to view your life and your health? Then register now for Get Healthy with Sound, a weekend workshop with Eileen McCusick, an innovator in the fields of therapeutic sound, electric health, and the human biofield. May 24th to 26th at Omega Institute in Rhinebeck, New York. Learn easy and accessible techniques to reduce stress, improve focus, and increase energy. Learn more today at eomega.org slash thrive. For so many people, that's where they lean on the wellness industry or diet culture because it feels like, quote unquote, feels like they're getting that support from something or somebody, but that something in somebody has its own agenda, which is to continue to feed you back into this cycle that's going to continue to make them more money as opposed to working with someone like you who actually wants to help that person live a better life and thrive and not have to constantly lean on somebody else to do that. Welcome to A Gut Feeling. I'm your host, Jacqueline Renee, holistic health coach and digestive specialist. Your gut healing journey begins here. Welcome to A Gut Feeling. Thank you guys so much for tuning in. Just a friendly reminder, if you haven't done so yet, click the subscribe button. It will send you the new podcast every week so you never have to go looking for it or wonder where it is. And we have some really amazing episodes coming up that are going to really help you heal your gut. But today, I'm very excited for the guest that we have. She is one of my dear friends who is an incredible, amazing life coach. Seriously, she's revolutionary. She's doing something so exciting coming up. For those of you who are sober or sober curious, I know I am super excited about it as well, being sober. I would love to give a warm introduction to Miss Kat. Yay! Happy to be here. <laughs> So happy to have you too. I honestly haven't had a guest in so long and I just am excited that you get to be my first guest coming back. Girl, me too. When you reached out and said you wanted to do this episode, it was an immediate yes. Yeah, yeah. Well, what had happened, I had a really amazing meeting that day with a bunch of my clients that are really working on breaking diet culture. And I got off the call and I immediately thought of Kat because this is sort of the stuff that you have worked on in the past. And it's the stuff that's really prevalent in the industry. And so our topic today, what we're going to be talking about is when diet culture, you guys know I hate diet culture. It's like a swear word around here how diet culture literally breeds, like bleeds into the wellness industry. It's like you just traded your diet culture for a wellness diet or a wellness protocol. And now you're stuck in that same cycle of guilt, shame, you know, counting calories, all of this stuff. But it it feels different because it's in the health space, but not really. And I was like, Kat needs to come on and have this conversation about her journey too. Yeah. Absolutely. I think it's so it's so interesting because as Jacqueline knows, but for all of the listeners, growing up, I had such a challenging relationship with my body. And to this day, I'd say it's probably the number one thing that I still have like some sort of challenge with. And that's growing and growing by the day, getting better and better by the day. But just putting that out there for full honesty and full transparency. Uh, but growing up, it was like grew up 
in I feel like where media really just was starting to get like it's big hype social media was created like when I was in middle school and so it was just like right there in front of my face every single day that because I was a little bit quote unquote bigger or like based off of classic BMI scales or whatever sort of like conditioning we're given like considered overweight and so um, I grew up in the space where I just felt like there was something wrong with me because I didn't fit society's mold of what beauty was supposed to look like. And due to that, like found myself dieting at the age of like 11, 10 was like the youngest that I was told by my parents that I needed to go on a diet because they were concerned about me and didn't want me to get bullied and picked on and all the things, what ha- which happened regardless. Um, but it definitely formed my relationship with myself and with my body and definitely up until I'd say honestly Jack the past year uh has been something that I really kind of like fell into and it wasn't until I started to see my body and my relationship to myself as like how do I actually feel and like how safe do I feel inside of myself that I was able to step away from like diet culture and like these toxic parts of wellness that diet culture has been packaged into. Mm, Very well put for sure. It's definitely something we've been discussing in my groups as well too. It's, you know, where we're seeking output versus input. It's validation on the outside. It's getting those likes on Instagram. It's getting, you know, on the magazine cover. It's looking like the people who look in these magazines or on these TV shows and this never ending cycle of what societal norm is for a woman to look like that, you know, are pretty much near impossible to keep up with, or it's basically their whole job to do it. Just like you said, you were only 11. Little girls everywhere are exposed to it that young. And it just keeps bleeding out, bleeding out. And here we are. Now we're adults and we're trying to break this. Um, So can you take me through your healing journey a little bit? Can we go back to maybe the beginning stages of the awareness around, okay, I have to do this healing. And it started before you met me. So I know, you know, fill me in a little bit. Yeah. So taking it back a little bit, even before that, before I had the awareness of like, okay, actual healing needs to happen. Um, trigger warning for anybody who's triggered by like eating things or body dysmorphia or anything like that. But in high school, I was anorexic and I was so at like such a low place with my body image and like with how I was treating myself that I just felt like so completely hopeless. And from that position just went to the absolute opposite end of the spectrum where I was like, I give zero f- about what I'm putting inside of my body and about how I'm treating myself and started binge drinking and partying and having like the nights out where you eat whatever you want after drinking so much because you're just trying to like, quote unquote, sober yourself up. And so I went from like one end of the spectrum to the complete other end of the spectrum. And I think that it wasn't until my body literally was reacting in such a like visual way in terms of like acne and weight that I like could not lose no matter how hard I tried. And then internally just having the most insane brain fog and exhaustion that I was like, okay, I'm at the time I was 25 years old. 
I was like, I'm 25 years old and I feel awful. Like that isn't normal. And I don't think that I should feel this awful as somebody who's so young. And that was the first time that I ever kind of questioned like, okay, what, what I'm doing isn't working. And that means that there has to be some other way to go about it. But it felt like a rock bottom point. Like when I first moved to New York City, which was in August of 2021, I literally, you couldn't see a single part of my face that wasn't covered in acne. And I had no self-confidence because of it, which then led to more drinking and more binge eating and all of the things because it was just like kind of numbing out from that experience. There was, I think the thing that actually triggered it was I went on a date with a guy that I really, really liked. And after our date, he was just like, I'm not in the position to be in a relationship with you. And he never said it was because of the way that I looked or anything like that. But I internalized it as like, I'm not pretty enough for him and I'm not good enough for him. So therefore, I started to look at like, what can I do to essentially like make myself prettier and like make myself look better, um, which feeds into the whole whole narrative of everything that we're talking about. But I'm super grateful for that at that point, because it is the thing that triggered me starting to take a more holistic approach to healing my relationship with my body and my relationship with food. Mm, Thank you for sharing that. I think probably a lot of people can relate, you know, myself as well too. all the things that I did, you know, I was about 10 years ahead of you. So we were into things like hydroxy cut. We were into things like we binge drank on the weekends too. We would overindulge and then, you know, then restrict ourselves for days. I remember at one point there was a group of us that got into taking Alka-Seltzer. You guys ever get into this? This is probably bad. Don't do this. Don't try this at home. But if you, you know, you don't eat, you start to get heartburn at some point. Like your body is rejecting, like saying, feed me food. And we would use the Alka-Seltzer to get over that feeling. And I think back to that moment, I like will even choke back some tears right now. How much did we hate ourselves to to say like we weren't allowed to eat food? One of the most vital essentials on the planet, food, water, sleep, like you're happy, you're done, right? Yep. And so it just, it, it just makes me so sad that it starts so early, you know, even as the, you know, the ages go on, you're 10 years behind me and it's happening even more because now you're in middle school. I didn't even have, we had beepers, but you're in middle school and you have a cell phone with social media on it. And it's gotta be like a million times worse than the bullying was in high school. It was like, you had to actually show up to give someone a mean comment. (laughs) Like you had to be in class and say something to their face. And that was like, you know, probably two times out of 10, someone would actually do it. But here, anyone can hide behind a computer and basically say like anything that they want and take you down for everything that it it is. And nobody is teaching you where to find that love and where to find that worth. Um, They're, you know, we're all learning that it's coming from outside validation. You did a good job at work. You got A's in your class. Cool. You get a bonus. Oh, you got the, you know, football player. Wow. That's, you know, validation from the outside, from the outside versus coming from the inside. And one thing I want to say about it is, you know, you probably felt 
when you were in that moment, you you felt like you weren't worthy or you felt like you didn't look pretty enough. But there are even people who are gorgeous and have perfect skin and have flawless bodies who think the same way, who restrict and binge, who, you know, think that everything needs to come out from outside validation. At the end of the day, it doesn't really matter what you look like. What matters is how you feel internally and physically for yeah. yourself. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's so crazy. Something came up for me as you're just saying that is like going back to what you said of how much we hated ourselves to not allow ourselves to eat. And it's like, I'd say for myself and like majority of people, it's like, they don't even know that that's not normal. Like it's so normal in our society right now to hate ourselves and not even recognize it as hate because of like the circumstances we have been given with everything feeding back into external validation. And like you said, is like coming to this place of like, oh, okay, cultivating that love internally, that feeling internally. When I start to approach that topic, like with clients or friends uh, or people in my life, they're, they're almost like, well, what does that even mean? And like, how do you even start to get to that place if they've never experienced it before? And that was, I think, one of the biggest things for me as well was like, oh, like, how do I even start to cultivate that love for myself when I've grown up in a world that has told me to essentially hate myself because of how I look or because I'm not getting the the standards or the level of validation externally that I'm quote unquote supposed to be getting. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. hundred percent. So how did you cultivate it? Oh, it's such a good question. Um, I say it was like a series of things and it happened over the span of like three or four years. And I also want to say that because we're so used to in this generation on like society today to have like instant gratification. Like I could order on my phone right now groceries and living in New York City, I can get them five minutes later, which is absolutely insane. And it's training our brains to like believe that everything should happen overnight when in reality, this love that I've cultivated for myself and the love that I feel for myself now truly has been three and a half, four years in the making. And it really started with, I feel like one, these kind of rock bottom moments where I'm like, I never want to feel this way again. And two, then the willingness to have like long-term satisfaction over short-term satisfaction. And what I mean by that is like, instead of doing whatever diet protocol. So like I used to do keto all the time because I could easily drop like 30 pounds eating keto and look hot for a few weeks, quote unquote hot. um, And then gain that weight back and start the cycle all over again. And it's like, now I'm in the position and I think that so much of this is like one, healing my gut and working with you and two, cutting alcohol out of my life. But over the past year, I've lost like 25, 30 pounds. And it's like, I used to, yeah, lose 30 pounds in two months of doing keto, but I would put it right back on versus like now I wasn't trying to really lose weight. Like it's always been, uh, yeah, that would be nice. And like, it would be something more so than anything that would benefit my health, but I don't need to do it. And now just like living this healthy lifestyle and 
prioritizing the things that I know are going to give me long-term satisfaction and long-term health over short-term satisfaction and like joy and pleasure in the moment, then that's, I feel like one of the not easiest ways that you can show yourself love, but like one of the most tangible ways you can show yourself love or like, it's like right here at your fingertips. It's like, it's not hard to do in terms of like access. Everybody has the access to it on a day-to-day basis, but it takes the willpower and like true desire to be able to step into, okay, is this benefiting me long-term or is this something that I just want in this moment because it is going to give me some sort of short-term satisfaction or external validation? Do you think it naturally happened as you started loving yourself more? Yes, 100%. Like, I think that one of the two of the biggest shifts, especially when it comes to like fitness and nutrition, is that I used to use both of those things to punish myself. And I stopped seeing those things as things to punish myself and ways to love myself. And I think more so than anything, like, fitness was the challenging one with that to be like, okay, this isn't a form of punishment because I used to make myself run like 13 miles to burn off every single calorie I ate in that day and started to see it as like, no, I'm doing this because I love my body and I'm going to show up and do exercise that feels supportive and like nourishes my body wherever I'm at that day or that month or when I'm choosing to do it versus like, I have to do it in a certain way in order for my body to look a certain way. A hundred percent. Yeah. I was listening to a podcast the other day with Brandon Collinsworth and he's this, you know, self-love guru. He's, you know, really amazing in that space. And he said that you can walk into the gym with hate or you can walk into the gym with love. And here's the thing. You don't have to actually walk into the gym to exercise. There are many types of exercising. There's not just weightlifting. There's yoga and bar and dance and and walking and running and all sorts of different. There's that many different types of exercise, not because everyone should be doing every single one of them, but because there's different likes and needs and wants for everybody's exercise. So if you don't like one, I would definitely just try another because you want to walk in and enjoy it. You don't want it to feel bad. But you can see like as Kat saying like, okay, as I started to respect myself, the easier choice was to pick the better option for me. It was actually harder for me to do the worst thing when I had that love for myself. Yeah, absolutely. I want to dive into a little bit more about how you kind of clawed your way out of that (laughs) and got into some of the things that you got into because some of them did kind of come in through diet culture, but let's take a quick break. And then after we can dive into that question. Are you looking for a new and empowering lens through which to view your life and your health? Then register now for Get Healthy with Sound, a weekend workshop with Eileen McCusick, an innovator in the fields of therapeutic sound, electric health, and the human biofield. May 24th to 26th at Omega Institute in Rhinebeck, New York. Learn easy and accessible techniques to reduce stress, improve focus, and increase energy. Learn more today at eomega.org thrive. Okay, let's dive in. So you realize your self-worth or start to 
realize your self-worth. It has you showing up and making better decisions. But that was just the beginning. Mm-hmm. It's just like rehab, right? Like the first step is admitting it. And like now you have to keep doing it and keep showing up. And you had to keep showing up and being consistent for the last three or four years to get to where you are now. One of the reasons why I had you on today is because your story is so inspiring after how many years you had struggled for. And I think it provides a lot of hope for people that are stuck in that cycle. The thing is, is you made it out of the cycle. And when someone makes it out of the cycle, it's an inspiration to so many people. And I think sharing your story is how so many people can connect to that and maybe find their own way. And so here you are, you realize your self-worth and then the whole path opens up. So what kind of brought, what kind of started from there? Cause we know it goes up and down. <laughs> Absolutely. So uh, once I had, once I had started to like cultivate more self-love for myself, just in general, I started to take care of every single aspect of my life, except for my relationship to my body, because I knew that it was going to be the most like emotionally challenging one to tackle. And I feel as though I reached this point where it was like all of my other areas of my life really just like lined up so perfectly, but my relationship with my body still wasn't. And it was impacting those other areas in a big way. Um, So it was finally like the time to start to tackle that. And it very, it feels like very synchronistic, but the thing that really started to shift it for me was I was on a Facebook live and somebody was asking, and it was for gut health. It was a Facebook live that somebody was running about gut health. And I was just checking this girl out because she asked if she could be on my podcast. And I was like, I want to see what she's about before I have her on my podcast. And as she was talking, somebody asked her the question of, uh, is acne a sign of like poor gut health or like chronic inflammation in the body? And she said, yes. Meanwhile, I'm sitting there with my entire face covered in acne. And I was like, what? Like, I have never been told that by a single dermatologist, by a single person my entire life that my acne was to do with gut health. And so I started to explore gut health. And as I like got down that path, I think that what really started to click into place was understanding that so many of the things that I was doing was harming my body without me knowing that. And I'd say like the biggest one out of all of that was drinking alcohol. Like, did I know that alcohol was toxic on some level? Yes. But like not to the extent that it is and not in the way that I was doing it. Because again, when I first started like my healing health journey, I was 25 years old and I was like, everybody who's 25 has been drinking. Like everybody's drinking multiple times a week. Like it can't be that bad if we're all doing it. And that's where I really started to like see the the big shifts start to happen. But I think that that was the area that I struggled with the most because I kind of not kind of, but like, I absolutely had an identity surrounding it. Like my entire adulthood from the age of 18 until the age of 25, almost 26. And like, even into the first month of being 26, I was drinking all the time. And once I started to see that as something that was harming me and like something that 
was essentially poisoning me. I was like, how can I say that I love myself if I'm intentionally doing something that is so harmful to me? And uh, it was really hard to let that go. And it was really hard to reframe that. And I tried to deny it as much as I possibly could. But then getting like support from you specifically was, I think, the most beneficial thing that I could have done in the midst of like choosing to give up drinking and then also start to assess like, what things do I actually have intolerances to? Like, I had no clue that I was gluten intolerant. I had no clue that I was lactose intolerant. I had no clue that eggs made me break out. Like, I had no clue about any of these things until I started to dive into it with somebody else. And I think that for so many people, that's where they lean on the wellness industry or diet culture because it feels like, quote unquote, feels like they're getting that support from something or somebody. But that something in somebody has its own agenda, which is to continue to feed you back into this cycle that's going to continue to make them more money, as opposed to working with someone like you who actually wants to help that person live a better life and thrive and not have to constantly lean on somebody else to do that. Yeah. I always tell my clients, one day you're not going to need me. And they're like, no, I, and I'm like, no, I'm telling you, you're going to fly. Like I'm clipping. I'm, you're done. Get out of the nest. <laughs> like, because, and, and as much as I loved, you know, like I miss having our conversations and I miss, you know, coaching you, I want to see you thrive. And if I just created something where you would have to come back in, is that really creating an authentic relationship? But if you look at diet culture, I mean, I, I, probably say this in every podcast. You guys are probably sick of me saying this at some point, but it, the diet industry is a $71 billion industry, yet 95% of diets fail. Please tell me how I can run a business that has a 95% fail rate and makes that much money. Like that is crazy to me. Like, you know, and we're, we're over here running like really authentic stuff. And it's taking so much for someone to come in it because we look for, like you said earlier, the short-term benefit of something versus the long-term. But it was once you shifted out of diet culture, it was once, sorry, I believe that it was once you shifted out of, I need to lose weight mm -hmm. and into, I have to get healthy. Like I'm sick, you know, for sake of better, you know, sake of better words. Do you remember that shift and what sort of happened there? Like, I know you kind of alluded to the story, but do you remember when it clicked for you? I, I remember it being like, so I started working with somebody else on my gut health and um, it was like a very, very strict protocol that like felt very limiting and did it work clear up my skin? Absolutely. But I hit this wall that like I had never had such intense brain fog and I would wake up and feel like an hour into being awake that I needed to go back to bed for like another four hours in order to then get up and function again. And I just like, I felt so sad and like scared and lost in that and was like, again, I'm in my mid twenties. I'm not supposed to feel this way. Like what the heck is wrong with me? And I think it really was like at that point, I was just so open to like what's actually going to help me and what's going to take me out of like this, this pain that I'm experiencing. Um, and I think that that was the, that was the shift point. That was the break point in all of this was like, truly, I, I just felt so bad and mm -hmm. 
as an entrepreneur, it was like, I was, it felt like I was working 10 times harder than anybody else around me to get the same result as them because I was experiencing, like I was saying, just this brain fog and exhaustion that I didn't know how to cure. And yeah, like you said, it was like at that exact same time, I was like, or before that, it was like, but I need to lose weight. I need to lose weight. I need to lose weight. And then it was like, I need to feel better. Like I need to actually feel like I can wake up in the morning and have enough energy to work out if I wanted to, because right now I don't. Mm-hmm. 100%. Yeah. And it kind of just goes into, you know, there's there's so many, all roads lead to Rome. And there are so many protocols, there's so many diets, there's so many ways of living. But personally, for me, I feel like once a woman, which is why I work on this so much, even though I am a gut health coach, why I work on breaking diet culture so much is because it becomes the last time you do it. It's the last thing you have to do in order to create that healthy relationship with yourself, in order for you to start loving that self, to start choosing uh, um, yourself first, and to eat healthy and do healthy things without going back to, oh, this isn't sustainable, like keto, or the 30 days is up, it's thirty day 31, pizza delivery guy, let's go, we're back on schedule. You know, It's like once you learn something this way, like Kat said, short term, Uh, yeah, okay, I want to get into a dress in three weeks. I have a date. I'm going to keto it up or I'm going to do this program because it says it can clear my skin. That has an end date. It has an expiration date. But once you really get into a space where you say the only way around it is right through it and I'm going to manage this relationship to myself, I'm going to heal some of the stuff that's going on in my body, then it's you never have to do it again. Like it's yeah. in, it's embedded in you, right? Like, do you, don't you feel like it's like a part of your right arm now is to do some of the things that you do? Absolutely. 100%. As you were saying that one thing that came up for me is like it, when I was so concerned with like, okay, losing weight, diet, culture, wellness world, it was like, I was going to the store and I was looking at like how many calories are in this as I was like buying groceries. And I cannot tell you the last time I looked at the calorie count on anything that I bought versus like what's actually in this? Like, are there tons of fillers and artificial sweeteners and like nasty things in here that are actually like creating the inflammation in my body and like creating the sickness inside of my body, even though it may be quote unquote low calorie? It's like that shift is so insane for me. And to be able to get to the place where it is instead of like, okay, like how am I going to look or how am I going to meet up to this beauty standard? And more so like, is this going to nourish my body? Is this going to give me the nutrients that I need to like fully take care of my hormones and my blood sugar and my nervous system and all of these different things? Like that's where I feel as though if somebody can like get themselves to that point, they can feel the difference in the fact that like, oh, like I feel like absolute shit when I'm paying attention to calories and what I'm putting into my body in that kind of way versus like what way am I nourishing my body and like what nutrients are actually inside of this and am I balancing it in a way that's going to sustain my body and what my body's naturally supposed to do because our bodies want to naturally do the good things for us. They like, they want to, Mm -hmm. they want to give us energy. They want to uh, fully support us in our lives. And if your body's not doing that, that's a signal that you're putting something in your body or you're doing something to your body that is actually 
not helping it or not loving it in the way that it wants to love you. And a lot of people, specifically specifically women, will sort of view their symptoms as their body fighting back. But I say it's fighting for you. It's yeah. literally trying to, it's like your army, like, you know, land up ahead. Like we need to like bury the hatchet. Like let's go because I'm, something is wrong. But then we think like, okay, something is wrong. And now my body hates me or whatever. So, you know, it's kind of shifting out of that. And I think so many women are going to relate to your story. So very appreciative for sharing it, um, for you sharing it. But, you know, before we kind of finish up here, I think what I, I really want you to dive into was what are some of the things that you implemented personally that you feel like helped you get more into the long-term love for yourself versus the short-term fix? So I would say... One of the most major changes that I made was uh, learning about balancing my blood sugar. And I would say that that's one of the things that had the most major like learning curves because I thought that if I was putting something in my mouth, that was enough to take care of my blood sugar. Uh, And little did I know anything about my blood sugar and how important it is to all systems in your body. Uh, So learning to balance my blood sugar with like proper nutrition and wholesome meals that are going to nourish my blood sugar and my hormones in that kind of way. Um, I'd say that that's like more of a practical thing when it comes to like mindset or kind of like energetically. I know I've kind of mentioned it in this episode, but it's really just looking at something of like is this an act of love for myself? Because so like this morning, perfect example, I'm on my period right now. And like normally I would get up, go outside and do like some form of exercise, whether that be walking or going to the gym or going for a run or whatever it may be. But this morning I was like, I'm tired and I'm going to take a moment and like grab my blanket and my pillow and just lay on the couch instead. Like, I'm not going to force myself to do something right now that I would otherwise feel like I need to. And like, especially again, with what we've been talking about uh, with diet culture and wellness culture, it's like, always get your workout in, always do this, always do that. And it's like, no, listen to your body. Like, how does your body actually feel? How do you feel inside of your body? And making that kind of your North Star, because if you're feeling off in your body in some sort of way, that means that your body's wanting you to pay pay attention to something. And if you can pay attention to that, I feel as though like everything else just kind of pans out itself, um, especially when you have some sort of support system. I would say, I mean, over, over the past year and now a year and a half, really since starting to be so intentional with my relationship to my body and my relationship to my health, I could not, would not have done what I've done with my body over the past year and a half if it wasn't for having a support system and like somebody who wants you to win, like we're talking about versus a $71 billion industry that wants you to lose so that it can keep earning from you. Absolutely. Beautifully said. And you mentioned, you know, this morning, and of course, you know, I'm a proud mama that you honored yourself and you cuddled up and rested. Would that normally been a point where you might have felt guilty or shame on yourself or forced yourself to do something that you didn't want to do just because you needed to for losing weight or something like that? Absolutely. 100%. 
I was like, I thought about that this morning is like in the past, I would have like either gotten upset with myself that I didn't go to work out or that I didn't just get straight to work. And it's like, mm. absolutely not. Like, what am what yeah. am I trying to rush to when what needs to be addressed is actually here? And if I don't take care of what's here, then it's going to impact everything else. 100%. 100%. Okay. Final question for you, for all of my gut goddesses listening out there that are at some point somewhere on your journey, whichever part of it they are on. And you looking back at your journey, what is maybe something, a little piece, a little nugget of advice you could give them that was one of the best things you learned along the way? Keep going. There were so many times that I wanted to give up. There were so many times that I remember I just like was calling you crying, texting you crying, being like, what the fuck? Like, when is when is Mm -hmm. it going to give? Especially my skin, I think, was the biggest frustration for me because I had like falsely cleared it up. And then once I started to dive into the actual healing of my body, I, it completely flared back up again. And it was the thing that caused me the most like frustration and sadness and just like hardship throughout this entire journey, because I have to show my face for everything that I do. And there was, it was November, no, October of 2022. So six months ago or something like that. It was like six months ago that finally, like after nine, 10 months of like really, really paying attention to my health and like doing all of the healing work that it finally started to heal. And so it felt like forever. It felt like such a pain in the ass and something that I just like constantly was like, is this ever going to get better? But keep going, stay consistent, show up for yourself because it will, your body wants to work for you. And it just takes that level of consistency. Absolutely. 100%. And I think like, you know, along the way, some of the things that are so important for anyone's journey is accountability, support, not just with, you know, having a coach, but with the people around you. And you need to be very cautious about the people that are in your circle when you're healing. You have to make sure that they're elevating your life, that they're supporting your goals and not trying to, you know, drag you down. So very important to look at your circle when you're healing. And of course, like if you guys are looking for accountability and support, you can check out the JRW membership below. But I'm so, so happy to see you where you are today um, and just watch you blossom into truly loving yourself and making the choices every day that support your highest self, not for what we need to feel or not for what we need to look like physically, but what, for what we need to feel like from the inside out physically. And uh, you've no doubt inspired so many women along the way. So I'm very appreciative for you being so vulnerable and sharing. Thank you. It's been, I mean, you already know this and I've said this a bit on here, but like truly couldn't have done this journey without you. And just for anybody who is listening, who's thinking about working with Jack, do it because I genuinely had no clue how I would have done this journey if it wasn't for somebody like her. And she's in your corner every single step of the way. 
Ah, thanks, Kat. Love you so much. And, you know, for those guys, for those of you guys who are, you know, sort of stepping into your healing journey and even maybe questioning your relationship with alcohol, like that is something that both Kat and I have come from, you know, binge drinking into being fully sober. And in, and it's not a coming from a judgment piece. It's coming from a, we know your potential piece. And that is probably holding you back. So Kat is going to be releasing something very exciting coming soon. I am sworn to secrecy and cannot share too much, but for those of you who are tiptoeing into Sober Curious or thinking about being um, sober or just trying to connect, this is so important, just trying to connect with like-minded people who want to level up and be all about their wellness and creating the most highest authentic space for themselves, you're definitely going to want to connect with Kat so they can find you on Instagram. Where do they find you on Instagram? At Kat Kozad, K-A-T-C-O-Z-A-D-D. That's where all things uh, living an alcohol-free life is going to be. And that's where my announcement of the very exciting thing will be very soon. Very excited. I cannot wait. I turned your notifications on. You're in my favorites. I can't wait till it comes up. So yeah, go ahead and follow Kat Kozad over at her page for all things, you know, that are moving in that direction. And of course, just connect with her and say hi if you listen to this episode and let her know, you know, that she's doing an amazing job because we love her so much. But Thank you guys so much for listening. If this message resonated with you or you feel, you know, very connected to it, please leave a review. You can reach out to me at Instagram at Jacqueline Renee Wellness anytime if you have any questions about your journey or you've been struggling in this space that we've been talking about today. And as always, you know, we're here and open for you. So thank you so much for listening. Thank you, Kat, for being here. And we're wishing you a very happy healing. See you next time. Since 1977, Omega Institute in New York's beautiful Hudson Valley has hosted some of the best spiritual teachers and social visionaries, sharing their messages of hope, healing, and transformation. On the Dropping In podcast, hosted by Emmy Award-winning producer Callie Alpert, you will enjoy in-depth interviews and conversations with people like Pema Chodron, Jack Kornfield, John Kabat-Zinn, and many others on the MindBodySpirit.fm podcast network. Also, check out the video series on Spotify.